Hello and welcome to Ascent's podcast, Exploring Standards. My name is Jess and in this podcast, I will be talking to the experts in the consultancy industry. At Ascent, we pride ourselves on championing international standards. And in each episode of this podcast, I will be talking to expert consultants discussing standards, ISOs, consultancy and everything in between to bring you industry knowledge and updates. My guest in today's podcast is Andrew Petney, who is a lead consultant and auditor in ISO 27001, ISO 9001 and GDPR. In our discussion, we talk about data protection since GDPR, in particular, how GDPR has affected data protection, what ISO standard supports GDPR and the biggest mistakes companies make regarding data protection. Let's get into the chat. Hello, we are here today with Andrew Petney, who is a lead consultant and auditor in ISO 27001, ISO 9001 and GDPR, specialising in cyber information and security. And today we are going to be discussing data protection since GDPR. Hello, Andrew, how are you today? I'm very good. Got my thinking hat on. Thinking hat on. um, Let's cover some of these areas. Fantastic. So the first question I have today is a two-part question. So the first one is, what is GDPR and how has it been, how has it affected data protection? So the General General Data Protection um, Regulation for the UK, as it's now known, came to force in its original form in 2018 and really acted as an update to the existing data protection legislation, largely in reaction to the way that information is being used, being shared um, and being provided. What it does, you know, I think puts things very simply. It means that information that you provide to an organisation, information that you provide to purchase something, to receive a service or to contract with a supplier if you're a business, is treated in a manner to which you would agree, to which you think is appropriate to the use that you put it to. In other words, as an individual not being mistreated, your information has not been used in a way which would harm you or cause you problems in the future. Okay, okay. Um, And sort of like how do businesses kind of go in, you know, what are the key themes and points of this to, to ensure that that does happen? So in essence, if you provide your information to another party, that party must treat it in a fair manner, be transparent about what it is, what use they're going to put the information to. They must ask you if it's appropriate for you to consent to that use. And whilst they have that information, you've given the consent, they treat it, they process it, they use it in a manner that's in accordance with what you've agreed to, i.e. if they use your information to collect some money, and send you a product, that's what they do. What they're going to do is then reuse or reprocess that information then with their third parties and partners to send you adverts about things that are in no way relation or related to what your initial relationship was for, i.e. you bought a washing machine, do you necessarily want to hear about lawnmowers or hedge trimmers? No, And, and if you receive that, I think it's only fair, yes, that you would think that's slightly wrong. Yeah. I didn't ask for this. And that, that in a nutshell, 
is what it's all about. It's making organisations understand and be fair about how they treat and process information. And remember, if you receive information, you store it, you keep it, and do nothing else with it, they're still processing. You still have that information. And okay. organisations need to think, should I have it? Okay. If I have got it, what can I do? Wonderful. So how has that sort of changed from, you know, when GDPR came in in 2018? Kind of what was going on before that? There was just businesses able to just do what they want or? So, I mean, I think we can all, you know, if we so wish, we could go back into news items for, you know, 2016, 2015. And you could see it's not a hard thing. The news is full of, you know, um, instances where information has been processed large scale without permission, marketing phone calls, you know, we've all sat at, you sit at home and the phone would ring, um, you know, and we'd go, you know, why are you calling? Oh yeah, but we've, we've been told that you're interested in, uh, I didn't tell you. Okay. The marketing calls, unsolicited marketing calls. And a lot of people, that's what they think about GDPR is, is marketing. It's about saying, why are you contacting me? I've not spoken to you. Now, I don't know what you think, but I think that has delivered on that. Yeah. But legislation cannot stand still because only recently I've been talking to a number of my clients and they're saying that in the offices next to them, a company will arrive in the afternoon, they'll set up, and in the morning they're gone. Now, the reason they've done that is because they're using a premises to use the phone number, making a large amount of calls, and then they're going somewhere else. Okay. So regulations, legislation and law must keep track of this and be able to enforce on that because at the end of the day, you might not be able to trace the company who's made the calls, but the impact is on the individual and the unfair use and practice of their information. Yeah. Okay. And it extends beyond that to fraudulent activity, et cetera, et cetera. Wonderful. So uh, what ISO supports GDPR? So if we look, you know, at GDPR, what it actually is, we sort of, if you like, strip back all of the packaging and get to the, the, the crux of what it's all about. It's about protecting information, protecting information from the moment you receive it and asking that bold question, should I have it, all the way through to should I still have it? And if not, how do I remove or exit that information from the business in a way that continues to protect the identity and the details of the individual? Information security management is governed through a standard ISO 27001. So the practice of implementing a management system such as that will enable a business to understand and implement and operate controls around the securing of information. Put it in a nutshell, what is it? It is ensuring that only people with a business legitimate or legal reason can access that information, whether or they're in a business or they're within the supply chain. It's that basic question. Why do you need access? What level of yeah. access do you need? And if you have got access, do you still need it? Now, that gives you the sort of the groundwork of it. 
but then the additional controls or management strategies, if you like to look at it like that, that you will need in order to work towards and maintain a level of compliance to the UK GDPR is then in a separate, as I describe it, a bolt-on to okay. ISO 27001. Um, there are a small number of them. A good example is ISO 27701. By implementing that, then you are a large way towards um, compliance. Now, compliance is not just about having documents in a folder in SharePoint or your chosen file system. It is actually doing it. And there are a lot of times I see some quite good management systems in the form of documentation. But when you open the book and go to page seven and say, okay, so let's have a look at your information retention matrix, not the policy, the matrix. What have you got? Where is it? Sometimes it's a very short conversation. And right. people think just by having the document, no, 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 do it. It's the doing. And if you were to ask me, as I suggest you may, what are some of the common sort of um, mistakes that you may see is thinking that your job is done when the ink on the document is dry. Okay. Job is never done, but part of it is the document, and then part of it is implementing that document in the business and having the evidence that you've done it. So, for example, if you have an information retention policy, which in plain language is what information have you got, where is it, who accesses it, how long do you keep it for, and what action needs to be completed at the end of that retention, then I'd be expect to see a spreadsheet subscription with information on it. Okay. And there's no business that can say, we haven't got much personal information. If you've got staff, if you employ anyone, you've got personal information. Yeah. You may not have a lot, but you will have personal information. Fantastic. So that's the biggest mistake that businesses make is actually thinking that they've done it just by having the ink on the paper, but not actually implementing and keeping it consistent. Absolutely. And if we if we um, look at the ICO website and in the section actions taken, what you will see is some instances where there will have been some action taken against companies because they have not followed the essence of the regulation, the UK GDPR. There were also action taken, not because they didn't follow, but because they didn't take appropriate levels of control of the information. So, for example, you may have a system where you store all of your staff information, such as mm -hmm. you know CVs, job descriptions, um, evidence for right to work, perhaps um, next of kin information, and so forth. Now, you could argue that that is, you know, um, very sensitive information, in which case you should protect that appropriately. So you might need to enforce what we all understand as two-factor or multi-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. If you didn't do that and some of the information was taken that caused harm to an individual, distress, then action could be taken in that example. I'm not saying right. it would be, could be, because you may not have been deemed to take an appropriate level of control. Now, that goes back to what we said previously about using ISO 27001 to enforce your capabilities. Yeah. Um, then it, another one of the, as we use the examples on the bolt-ons, would then set when you would use that and how and how would you record that. Okay, wonderful. Uh, so final question is, how can people start implementing ISO 27001? So 
anyone who's experienced um, implementing uh, one of the management standards, ISO 27001, for example, will understand what I'm about to say. I'm about to tell you that it's a journey. It has a start and it has a middle, but doesn't necessarily have an end. And that's because once you've implemented it, which is a process of implementing or, if you like, agreeing a number of policies and procedures, then you'll have to do it. Now, the doing goes on. Yeah. So, and the essence of that really means that when you come to do it, it's got to work. If it doesn't work, then what will happen? If it's not effective, what will happen? Well, it's one of the same, really. And that will mean that information may be accessed when it shouldn't be. You, you may call that a bridge. Yeah. So great thing about the management standards is you implement it. So a consultant will work with you to implement the documents. If you haven't got any documents, we'll start you off. We'll get the business to agree to those documents. We'll sign them off. And then what will happen is you'll begin to operate. And once you've begun to operate, that's when the audit process will start. Mm -hmm. And auditors will come in certifying against the standard. So, great. So you pass and you've got a certificate on the audit. That, you know, that's the start. So you're now on the journey. And you will begin now to be able to demonstrate that you continuously evolve that management system in this operation to ensure that as your business changes, as the environment in which you operate changes, you continue to build that management system accordingly. So it is definitely a journey. So you start and you have a look, what have you got? And a consultant will work with you to say, right, this is what we need. This is what you've got now. This is where we need to get to, if you like, a gap analysis. And then for that journey, they'll support you in getting to the first initial objective, which is to get certification. But then they'll also support you in making sure that for the next three years, you're able to demonstrate that. And once you start, it will begin to make sense. Your consultant will make sure, a good consultant will make sure you understand where you're at, why you're doing it, and what the end objective is. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think that, you know, GDPR and all this sort of stuff is can be quite confusing, quite overwhelming. So to have someone come in and then sort of help break it down for you and sort of explain every step and keep you on that journey, it's it's very helpful. Absolutely. And, and remember that if a supplier comes to you and tells you about GDPR, think about where they sit. If you want to know about the UK GDPR, go to the ICO. Go to the ICO and just spend a few minutes with a cup of coffee um, and I'll suggest a little bit of chocolate and just read it because you will find that not only is it a great source of information, but there's also some free resources. I like free, especially yeah. when it comes from one of the lead authorities. Look at that and start at the beginning. Don't think, I'll tell you what, I'm going to right at the end, I'm going to demonstrate my compliance today. Start at the beginning of that journey. What have you got? And the what have you got is what personal information have we got? Start the journey. Understand what you've got. Then say, I know what I've got. Where is it? Where is it? It's the location. Where is it? Is is about the supplier. What do they do with it? Then where do you process the information and what purpose do you do it for? And then the big question, why do I do that? 
Yeah. If you go through that, then you can start to do it because you understand. And, and people try and jump up here and need to start at the beginning. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I think this is brilliant. I hope that helps lots of the people sort of thinking about implementing ISO 27001 or just, you know, getting started. So thank you so much for taking time talking to me today. It's a pleasure. Anytime. It's been great. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Check out the show description for links for more information on all topics discussed in the episode. If you enjoyed listening, please make sure you subscribe to our podcast and make sure to leave us a review. If you need any help with implementing an ISO standard or have any questions, please reach out to Ascent Risk Management to talk to one of our expert consultants today. We can be found at www.ascent1.com. We're also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All links can also be found in the show description. This podcast was produced by Jessica Ingalls and is a Clemark Studios production.